Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. Well, hello there and welcome back. Are you ready to hear what happened? If you haven't listened to part one of this week's series, go back and listen to it because I start at the beginning of the story. We talked about how I was doing a job with three kids, even out of my home, which most people find luxurious when you can work from home. But it just wasn't working. But the problem was, it was all I knew. And I couldn't think past the model of this type of business about what else I could do to bring an income in. At that time, I had three kids under the age of five. A newborn was one of those kids. And I had no I was fried. I had no brain cells to even come up with a solution. All I knew is I was tired and it wasn't working out anymore. So go back and listen if you haven't listened to that yet. But if you have listened, here goes. So we're standing in the kitchen and my husband knew the stress I was under. And true to his character, he confidently said, We'll figure it out. And he gave me a hug and I believed him. I instantly felt better because I knew he was going to take care of us. The scary part about that time was we had never been very good about having a working budget. <laughs> we were literally just making ends meet. And even though we had done the Financial Peace University and we had torn up our credit cards, and we had said we're not going to get into debt. We were in debt. We weren't keeping track of our spending. Because of my job being so crazy and feeling tired, which I don't use it as, as an excuse at all, we were ordering pizzas more and Chinese takeout, and I wasn't cooking because I was just too frazzled. My attention was split, and it felt like 10 different directions, and I couldn't keep anything going. I have to also lead with this. My husband had and has had a pretty decent job. He works for a leading tech company in Austin, and we've been so grateful for that. And yet, and we don't spend, and we hadn't been spending, 
huge amounts of money on on various things, but we were struggling. And a big part of that was um, a couple of years before that, before my daughter was born, my son had seizures. And I won't go into that today, but he was in and out of the hospital and he had some issues. We had no idea what was going on with him. And we were going in, it seemed like once a week after that initial hospital visit where we went by ambulance down to the children's hospital and they kept him for four days. Um, we were going to from specialist to specialist one week after another. I was on the phone constantly and that was my full-time job. I was advocating for his health. And so during that time, we weren't really too wise about how we took care of medical bills. We were approached in the hospital while he was still in the hospital by the billing department who came in and said, you have, you need to pay us $8,000 right now. And we didn't know that you could, you know, come up with some sort of billing plan or, or anything like that. We just felt like, oh my gosh, our son is in the hospital and what are they going to do? Kick us out? You know, we, we didn't know what to expect. So my husband gave the billing person our 25% interest American Express card. I'll talk more about that in another episode, but we were in some severe debt over medical expenses. And I know some of you can probably relate to that because I've heard horror stories, literally, excuse me, about medical expenses, literally bringing people down and, um, taking out their finances. So I just wanted to add that in. We weren't being completely crazy. We weren't going out and blowing a bunch of money. We had, we didn't have new cars. Um, both of our cars were, um, old and, uh, you know, (laughs) barely running, but we were struggling and we were just not in a good place financially. So I'll leave it at that. Um, and we needed, we needed that money back up just a bit. We needed the money that I was making, even if it was just a small amount teaching voice lessons, we needed that money that I was making from uh, those even irregular voice lessons. So I said all that to say we were in some pretty dire, you know, uh, place with our finances and my husband being the wonderful man he is and the provider for our family he started to try out some side things he had been dabbling in over the years. He always dabbled. He was always trying to learn. Um, he and I are a lot alike in that way. I mean, we he was really trying to learn a strategy or something that he could do to help us make ends meet. And he wanted to make sure that we were taken care of. So, Shortly thereafter, after that conversation, he really amped it up with his online trading. He had always done a little bit here and there of day trading and online trading, but he really amped it up and got all the software and started learning all about it and how to do it. And it went really well in the beginning. 
and we were able to pay off some bills that had been lingering. We were able to, um, you know, get some people off of our backs that had been bothering us, some creditors. But what happened is it quickly started to spiral downhill. Things, as you know, with the stock market and what he was doing was another type of trading. Um, it can start out really well and you can do really well one day and the next it can just tank. And you have no control over what happens. So I won't go into all of that. We lost everything except our home and the assets we owned and had racked up quite a bit of more credit card debt trying to get back to where we were before it all tanked. But it never happened. As you know, with if you've ever heard any stories about gambling, the more money you put in to try to salvage what you've lost, it continues to just spiral downward. We were left with total devastation and three babies to take care of. And like I said, there's a lot to this story that I'm not going to go into just yet. First of all, we're just getting to know each other. And I don't want to be like one of those um, hairstylists that we've all been to before where you go and you see them for the first time and you leave knowing every single detail about their lives. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> or maybe it's just me. I don't want to be one of those people that tells you everything from the beginning. We're just getting to know each other. And I also don't feel like it's my story to tell all in, in total. I feel like there's some things that I have to protect our privacy. But I will say, for the sake of this story, that it is something that really tested our relationship more than I could have ever imagined. By the time things had spiraled out of control, for instance, my daughter was a little older. She was around two. And while I hated the thought of going back to work and leaving her in someone else's hands, I realized I had to get a job. We had to do something. I knew that the voice lessons was just not working. So that wasn't even an option. We needed money immediately. So I got to job searching and I was offered a contracted temp position at Apple, which is nearby. And I immediately accepted it so that our family could just pick up our broken pieces and attempt to get back on track financially. Now, to say that those first few weeks at my job were rough was an understatement. And I mentioned this whole story in episode two, but in order for us not to have to pay for full-time childcare, I took a shift working from 5 a.m. to 1.30 so that my daughter could go to a Mother's Day Out program instead of a full-time childcare place. And it saved us a lot of money. My husband would get the kids ready for school in the morning and then he could work from home for a little while and get my daughter ready. And then he would take her to school. So like I said in episode two, it was hard on all of us. And I remember struggling to get up every morning at 3.30 a.m. 
in order to shower and make the kids lunches and get myself out the door to be at work on on time. And most mornings I would get in my car and cry the whole way to work. (laughs) I was grateful for the job. Don't get me wrong. And I knew that I was in a better place than I could have been. We were still alive. I mean, we still had our health. But the hours were hard. And I couldn't tell my sleeping children goodbye and send them off to school every morning. I missed that part of their day. But one amazing thing that came out of that was the job I was doing was an entry-level position. And while it was fairly mundane, it didn't require me to talk to anyone, (laughs) which was really nice. It felt kind of like a vacation, to be honest. So we were allowed to listen to something in our headset. Again, I mentioned this before in episode two. I started out listening to music, but then I discovered podcasts. And it opened up a whole new world for me. Shortly after I started that job, I began developing a habit of listening to around four to five podcasts per day. And I even began listening to audiobooks while I worked. I've always been an avid reader and loved learning new things. But now my time for reading was basically over. I worked 40 hours a week, and as soon as I would get home from work, I was tending to my children's needs until I would literally fall into bed at 8.30 p.m. I was a total zombie. (laughs) My days of meeting up from time to time with girlfriends were over during that time. I had no time. I had no energy. Instead of my kids getting a mom that was actively involved in their lives and happy to be with them, I was basically just exhausted beyond measure, watching the clock, waiting for the time when they'd finally be in bed. But here's the thing I want you to take away from today. These podcast episodes and audiobooks and even the time on the way to and from my job in the morning was time I hadn't had before I got this job. All of a sudden, my spiritual life was better because I was praying. All of a sudden, I was learning new things because I had the opportunity to wear headphones during my job and listen to things that would teach me and train me. And it gave me a new sense of hope for my future. I had a notebook nearby, near my desk, and it was actually the notebook I used for our training, two weeks of training for this job. And I can vividly recall taking notes from these podcasts as I brainstormed ideas about what my next step would be. I had blank space left over in this notebook, and I used that entire space writing down what I was learning and my ideas. This was just the beginning. In our next episode, 
in part three of finding our beauty in the midst of our mess, I want to wrap up this story by talking about how the absolute devastation brought me to a point of action and how this mess that we found ourselves in actually became a really incredible blessing. And you hear about these stories all the time when you hear people talking and you've probably read books or seen interviews where someone's life was just turned absolutely upside down. And I know my story is not an extreme. There are way worse stories out there than this one. But my point of my own story is to share with you that there is hope and we can find beauty in the midst of our mess, even if it's a mess we create, even if it's a mess we have no control over. It doesn't matter what the reason is behind our mess. We can still find the beauty in it and we can work it. God can work it for our good if we allow him. We're going to talk about that in the next episode, and I can't wait for you to be there and wrap this up with me. And then I want to go in to the next episode with just talking about our story in part four of this series, talking about our story and how important it is to the people around us. Maybe you won't have a podcast. Maybe you won't have a blog. But maybe you can just tell your story to someone that you know and be vulnerable and open up about something that is going on in your life that you either need some help or encouragement with, or maybe it's just an effort to tell the story in hopes that you guys can find common ground. So I want to talk about that in episode four of this series, part four of this series, but I cannot wait to have you back tomorrow when we wrap this one up. It's a really obviously close to my heart story, and it's really what I'm all about. When you look at the patterns in our lives, we have common threads. We have things that we, we can look for. Sometimes they're not so great of patterns. And I think the story kind of combines my not so great patterns and our family's um, tendency not to deal with things head on and really come up with good viable plans. And it also shows our resilience and our, our ability to adjust to the circumstances and do what needs to be done and finding that silver lining in the midst of it all that gives us hope for our future. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.